Welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, we're going to be talking about not settling in your career. And to talk about that topic, I have Hossam El Shafei as my guest. Hossam has extensive experience in a variety of industries, from the United Nations to FIFA. He participated in investigations in large organizations and is a board is a member of the board of trustees of the Internal Audit Foundation of the Global IIA, a chairman of the Higher Education Board Committee, and ACFE authorized instructor, founder and former president of the IIA chapter in Jordan, and current president of the ACFE chapter in Egypt. Welcome, Hosan, to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's my pleasure. Thank you, John. I'm, uh, I'm very happy to be, to be with you today. Just a small correction. I'm the former chairman of the Higher Education Committee at the CFE. So, so these guys, investigators don't, you know, say, oh, he's still using it, right? <laughs> you know, just... Uh, yeah, just, just so, so someone doesn't point out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my apologies there. So not, not at all, not at all. Yeah. So you you had obviously a, a very extensive career in in audit investigations and uh, you know just different areas within the profession here. And uh, we we spoke previously uh, before this the podcast uh, episode here, and you you mentioned an interesting story early in your career. You. You're working and, you know, you're kind of just starting out your career and you had the opportunity to go into a supervisory role and you found out that that position maybe was going to someone else and you're like, nope, it's not going to someone else. I'm going to take it. <laughs> so can you kind of walk us through that experience and maybe some things that internal auditors can learn from that experience? Well, uh, you, you have a good memory from our discussions. So. Yes, what, what I want to tell internal auditors to be really uh, considered valuable to your organization and make and get the respect that we all look for and the trust uh, that we all look for is uh, exactly that story. You know, um, I, by nature, like to know about things. I don't sit in my place and just mind my own business. They call me the shy guy, but I'm not really that shy. And, and I, I know why they make that joke about me. So, so because, um, I sort of put my nose in everything, but in the good way is not, <laughs> it's not in, in the bad way. Uh, from the sense that, uh, I'd like to learn about things. I like to, uh, so if I hear two people talking on the side, I try to listen to what they say in case I, there is a, a new piece of information that I, I can learn. So the incident you're talking about at the time we used to sit in a, uh, open, uh, platform, uh, you know, open space all, all together. I had my own team sitting in front of me and uh, sitting uh, behind them sort of and another team and this and that. So luckily I was sitting 
my position in, in the open space was at the beginning next to the uh, sort of the hallway where people come in and leave and so on. So that gives me a unique position in sense that people used to come and ask me, where do I find Mr. So-and-so? And I point them to the office. That was not the fun part of it. But the good part of it, people uh, come and ask me, um, I want to ask, I want to find someone that can help me with uh, how to do one, two, three. All right. So I, I used to say, okay, wait a minute. Let me look it up for you. Let me try to help you. Let me, let me ask for you. So, and so I go and ask somebody, I don't know, I have someone asking for this and this and that, you know? So by doing that, I learned a lot about not only the area where I am or where my colleagues are, in different areas in the organization, I learned about how other people in different departments do their, their job and how at, at the time I was in financial management, I was not, not an audit or investigation. So I, and I knew how can we help them? And, uh, and I learned when to identify it, when somebody used to say no, just to complicate things for the client and how you can make it easy for the client. You know, because I watched and I, sometimes people say, oh, this will take a lot of time and this, and inside me, I was saying, why? Right there. Give it to them. You know, just want to make yourself look important and this and that. <laughs> You're laughing at me. But how, how did that help me, John, is that um, one time I went to my boss and I said, boss, I have Somebody outside, of course, the boss was in a private office. And uh, yeah, so I went to him and I said, boss, I have somebody out there asking for one, two, three. What should I tell him or her? And he said, why you, you wouldn't send the person to me directly? Uh, and I said, I'm, I was afraid you're busy. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to learn. He said, and the person said, my boss said, are you trying to take my position? I said, no, don't think about it this way. You know, I was just trying to, I, honestly, I was trying to help. I was also, I was trying to show my boss that I put the initiatives to learn and this and that. So the days go by and my boss decides to take another job and they open the job for application. I put my application in. I was in a, like one of four second liners from the boss. All right. Um, so there were three other people who were not necessarily interested in the job. I was, but I found out that the boss could be pushing and recommending to management somebody else who was much junior than me and maybe worked under me which I don't really have a problem to promote people, to consider people for what they know, not just for who you know. All right. And, and that's, that's the thing that got me a little bit, you know, a little bit under, how do you say that? Got under your skin a little bit. Under my skin. 
There you go. <laughs> I'm going to get this job and I'm going to prove that it is, it is for me, not for anybody else. So apart from, and that's what I want to tell, share that experience with the internal auditors. Do not settle for who you are or what you know. This always needs to be on the, on the going. Learning never stops. Right now, you know, I was teaching, of course, last week, and I learned a lot from the delegates that were in the course. And I said, see, I'm learning new things from you every single day. Then the other thing is that I want, I did, and I want to share, so maybe that would say something to the listeners, to your audience, is that I didn't just go for the interview like any other normal interview. And that I learned from there at that time that the way I considered interviews have changed totally to a different style. What is the style is study the job you're applying for very good. Understand the business of the organization you're, you're working for very good. Identify areas for improvement very much will help you. And then the, develop your thoughts, your recommendations for improving those areas. All right. So, so when I went to the interview and, and I think one of my American bosses who asked me a question, what makes you different from the other? He was like mentoring. He thought that it would be unfair and I should be considered, you know, he said, if he go to the interview and ask you, what makes you different? Why should we take you? All right. And I learned another thing, John, is that in my era, in my time management, and I hope that is changing over time, we're looking only at how technically you're good, how good you are in, at the technical, but they ignored everything else, which made it uh, made it a disaster for managers and supervisors, all right? Actually, I learned from one interview I went to, I'll mention the name, with Pepsi. At one point of time, I was considered for a senior job. The technical questions and whatever they asked me was no more than 60%. They said also we'll tether for 40% technically qualified, but we, we need to learn more about your soft skills, team, team leading, coaching, mentoring, uh, uh, listening, uh, and all of that stuff, right? So negotiation, communication, those are very important. If you are in a senior position, you know, you have, there are a lot of people, other people maybe in your team yeah, their technical skills should be higher than even you. <laughs> yeah. So, because there will be the ones that are really on the job. All right. So I've prepared very well for that job. You know, I identified all the areas that need to be improved. I made recommendations of how I would 
take action to improve them. And, um, and I was asked one question. They asked me at the time, which I still remember, you sit with the teams, you know, you're one of them. How come tomorrow you'll be their boss? You know, and how can you manage them after being one of them? This is another thing I, and I, I want to mention here. Managers do not need to look like this all the time and, uh, you know, don't speak when somebody speaks to you, say, what do you want? What do you want? You know, build a team, coach a team. What, that, what does that mean? Get out of your office, sit with the people, know their problem. Help them. Sometimes, you know, you, you'd be mentoring someone who has a personal problem, not a work problem. You know, somebody's performance is not that good for a period of time. It's because an outside problem. Try to help them. It's, try to give them room. Try to give them space. So that's what I said. I'm not going to change. And, and the first meeting, I would tell the staff, the teams, that just my responsibilities have changed, all right? You have responsibility. I have, my responsibility became more difficult, which is I take care of you, you know? You do the work, I take care of you. Yeah, yeah. And that's the story about that. And I got the job, I got the <laughs> job, I got it. Yes. Very, very yeah. proud. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a lot of lessons there, Hossam, you know, initiative. And what we, when you're talking, it reminded me of a quote that says, opportunity come, comes to those who wait, but don't. <laughs> so you're, you, you gotta go after, and you did go after, and, you know, coming up with solutions and coming up, uh, bringing something to the table, right? And, I, I love what you said at the end there, you know, managers, they don't need to be the ones that are like, you know, they're like just to the side. It needs to be someone who is approachable and someone that the team feels feels com comfortable with reaching out to. So a lot of good lessons there. There's one point there that you touched that I think it warrants a follow-up question here, which uh, for internal auditors who are out there, they need to study the job. They need to understand the industry. So, and that's something that, you know, you're, you're big on, you're like, you don't want people to go by the book, go by what the standards say, even though, you know, it's a good guidance, but understand the business, right? Understand the industry. In your opinion, what are some ways that people can accelerate the understanding of whatever industry they're in? You see, I mean, internal auditors always have a misperception and or I don't want to say misunderstanding of the word independence. Independence doesn't mean that you isolate yourself from other people. All right. And in my opinion, independence is working with people. You know, it's not isolating yourself from people. So one of the things that I hear a lot you know, uh, internal audit leaders, such as, uh, uh, you know, internal audit leaders uh, around the world that I totally respect, say, go have a coffee with the chief finance officer, uh, 
walk down the corridors and say hi and shake hands and have coffee, all right? It does not mean... <laughs> I worked for an organization one day and uh, I had friends from the... I was in the finance side and I had friends from the audit side, you know? And I usually, I, I used to call uh, my audit friends outside. I called them inside the office and let's say, um, let's go to the cafeteria. I'm going to the cafeteria for coffee. Do you want to come for coffee? No, no, no. Our boss, if our boss sees us sitting with the, our auditees, she doesn't like that or he doesn't like that, you know, because she wants us to be independent or he wants us to be objective. And uh, if we have friendships or something that may compromise our independence or objectivity. I see the other way around. I see that if I did succeed in my job as an auditor or as an investigator, because I carried on my shoulder, Hossam, the person, the human, also that cannot live alone or isolated, has to live with the people. And by living in the with the people, you succeed as an auditor and you succeed as an investigator because from those people also, you can, if they trust you, they will speak to you. They will speak to you, they tell you. They'll educate you. You know, I, I sit with people that I say, as an auditor, I go to the, uh, to the auditee or the client and the first thing I start with, you're the expert in the field. So please educate me. Tell me how it works. You know, we say, chart out the process and all of this and that. I'll say, please educate me. I don't want to make a wrong judgment or waste time on, a, on, on, on wrong perception. Why? Because I don't understand. Educate me so I can do uh, a proper uh, job and then give you a valuable recommendation. And what I mean by a valuable recommendation, doable recommendation, cost-effective recommendation, don't get, uh, <laughs> don't get stuck and the door was open or the door was, should be closed, right? <laughs> get something of value. And you won't be able to do that without understanding the, uh, the, the, the business and appreciating, more important, appreciating the efforts that people do to do a good job. Right. No one, no one don't make the assumption that people intentionally want to do a bad job. Right. No, people are intentionally wanted to do a good job. All right. And Bring an auditor and put him as a CFO and let us know how, how that person will function. Right. It's going to be different. You're going to be, you're going to understand it. And John, I, I, I just don't, don't want to speed the things. What I, what helped me as a good auditor or to succeed as an auditor, if I consider myself successful or investigator is that I worked in financial, I worked in finance, I worked in administration. I worked in different jobs. So 
when I come back and tell somebody you need to have a bidding process and they say, no, I say, you know, it's, I'm not an auditor by the book. <laughs> right. I, I have my hands dirty, you know. Yeah. So. Got some experience. Yeah. So, yeah. And I definitely agree with you. I, you know, a lot of people think, oh, yeah, how are they doing this so, you know, poorly? And it's like, like you said, nobody goes to their job and says, today I will do a bad job. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So just, yeah, change the mindset there of, you know, how you approach people. And I love what you said at the beginning, you know, summarizing here would be independence is not isolation, right? Being independent does not mean that you got to be completely away from the business. So I agree with you. Uh, so you, you had extensive experience, right? Like you, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode when I was trying to introduce you here and <laughs> so you work for US, uh, US aid. And one thing that one experience that I, I thought was very interesting that you mentioned was that, um, <clears throat> one of the, the tasks or one of the things that uh, you guys were doing is you guys were, um, airdropping food in remote locations in the world. Right. And you bring up, brought up an excellent question, which I would like you to answer to, because I don't know the answer to this. How do you even validate that something was airdrop in a remote location? If <laughs> you know, like, how do you validate that they received it? So I don't. Know, can you just talk us talk to us about your experience with uh, USAID and that uh, specific scenario there? Absolutely, uh, John. It's, it's again, it takes me back to um, understanding the business. Right, auditors need to understand the business. I wish, I wish that auditors and investigators would, uh, when they join an organization, they don't start right away in the audit department or in the investigation department. Spend a week in procurement, spend spend a week in finance, spend a week here and there. Take a three months tour uh, in different departments in the organization. I think that would be very valuable and helpful to the auditor to understand how the business is run. And this is exactly the thing, you know, in all my life as an auditor or even in finance, we check the book, uh, the, the box, right? Uh, uh, yes, the, uh, the food is there. Yes. The, uh, oh, who received the food sign here or fingerprint here or this and that, right? Until I worked with, uh, some large organizations. So obviously USAID didn't do uh, uh, food dropping, uh, but I worked for one of the United Nations organizations where um, their main uh, uh, job uh, is that to, to feed the hungry, uh, the hunger, you know, to uh, eliminate hunger around the world. So uh, food distribution is, uh, a major part of their business, you know, uh, the World Food Program. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and uh, when I joined, I came from background where, you know, where is the signature of the beneficiary? Where is the fingerprint of the beneficiary? And somebody said, hello, how, come along. Let's see, how can you verify that? Yeah. You know, and, and then the question at the time, whether you are trying to feed the village or you're trying to isolate one or two people from that, that don't qualify. 
what is the goal? What is the uh, look at the bigger picture, Mr. Law, Mr. and Mrs. Auditors, all right? And Mr. and Mrs. Investigators, we need to look at the objective of the organization and then uh, 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 filter that down to what you want to do and what that department does and what that department does. Because that's, and, and I learned that at that time, you know, are, are we feeding 10 people? The focus is to feed 10 people. Well, or to make sure that this one extra person, all right, is not eligible. All right. It is, and, and, and what is the, uh, the, 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 the damage, whether it's financial or whatever, you know, nobody, 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 even the donor community will look into that. It will look at, yes, we fed the, the people with that we should be feeding. All right. I'll tell you, I'll give you that, that, I mean, an airdrop. You go on a, on a, on a plate, all right, and you see people down there, okay, uh, because that's the, the flight is coming with the, with the, uh, with the, uh, with the rations, all right, so it's dangerous, dangerous to go down there. According to everything, these are the people, this is the location and so on. You know, I I would accept one or two or five, you know, if if we have a thousand people, you know, and only have five or ten coming from a neighboring village or somebody else, you know, and well, actually, uh, when you get rations, that's that's another that's another one that uh, an issue maybe uh, um, that I always speak about when you give rations. And we're supposed to be feeding people, right? We don't go back home with the people to see if they actually eat it or they sell it or right. they do something. So, so you're getting what I'm the point <laughs> out what I'm trying to say. It's it's the bigger picture. It's bigger picture. You auditors, investigators, look at the bigger picture of what the objective is. What are we achieving? Uh, as a whole, uh, not the little tiny things, you know, there, there, there were others, uh, areas where you, 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 you get the rations in one location and, and, and then donkeys come, you load the donkeys and they know how to go home. Oh, well, <laughs> all right. Uh, whether they get, they get stolen on the way in the middle, hijacked, uh, whatever, you know. You've done what you're supposed to do, and hopefully the majority will be received by those who are uh, benefiting or the, the beneficiaries that should be receiving this. Uh, so that's another thing I'll learn uh, is that uh, see the, the bigger picture, adjust, to help your organization to do their job because you could be hurting your organization in front of the donor community. If you say beneficiaries don't sign 
So what, what do I do with each uh, one kilo of flour to drop a pen and a piece of paper and say, sign here and uh, get it up from the right. plane? Yeah. You know, so, so that's, that's another thing I, I, I would advise. Look at the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't get stuck in the yes, no little test and look at the big picture. I think that's a excellent message to all auditors out there. So one, one other thing from your experience that I thought was interesting to you, you're big on not taking assignments that, you know, you're not prepared to do. And you mentioned experience that, uh, I'll ask you to elaborate here on, uh, a project that involves some engineers. And so can you kind of talk about uh, that experience and what internal auditors can learn from it? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, uh, that was uh, a really uh, funny story as well, um, because us as internal auditors tend to accept any assignment that comes our way. You're the auditor, so, you know, you work on the plan and then, uh, the annual plan says, uh, we're reviewing this and we're reviewing that, we're learning that, we're auditing this and this and that. Hosami, you're taking this many, uh, John, you're taking that many and oh, and you do this to that. One of the assignments that I, uh, it was under my, uh, team, uh, is that, uh, um, construction um, um, assignment and, uh, and it has, a, it had a little bit of also, so, uh, suspicious that the contractor is not using, uh, the, uh, the, using the same specifications that agreed to, uh, when the contract was, uh, uh, awarded to the to the contractor. So I took two of my teams and went to, uh, to check the, uh, the site. And of course, you know, with the auditors where that and that we come, we go to the site, big hole in the grounds and myself and my team is like, do you know, can you tell what's going on? You know, what is this? Uh, be careful. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a guy comes from a distance to say, yes, can I help you? So we all straighten our pies and stuff and suits. And uh, I looked at him, I said, yes, please. Who are you? He said, I'm the, uh, uh, the constructor, constructor, uh, the constructor is the, not the, uh, the, the owner, but he's the guy building, you know, the head of labors and so on. I said, yeah, we're, we are the auditors. So the guy says, what does that mean? Uh, I say, we have to check on things, you know, to make sure that it's going right. He said, oh, okay. Uh, uh you guys are engineers. I asked you, you know, I said, no. I'm an accountant. He's an accountant. He's an accountant. He said, ah, oh. he goes like, and, uh, what do you want to know? Uh, what is the size of the, uh, iron, this iron, 
what is the uh, size of it? How many millimeters and how do you mix cement and sand and whatever? He said, you know what, sir? I said, yes. He said, with all due respect, I would ask you to go home, come back, bring with you an engineer. Because regardless of what I tell you, you're not going to get it. I get it. I don't know. My face gets red, because, but because my skin is dark, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't show there, uh, uh, red from white, but, but I feel the blood and, you know, it's like, how, how can you talk to me like this? I'm the auditor. And, uh, and uh, he said, you know, uh, it's complicated. I can explain it, but seriously, you, you, you will not understand it. So we did went home because we didn't uh, understand anything. And, uh, and the way it looked to us, even we couldn't tell uh, uh, whatever, you know, we cannot, we couldn't tell anything uh, that would give us any indication of anything. So we went home. Here's, here's, here's two messages. Outsourcing. Outsourcing technical areas that you're not expert in. It's not bad. It's, you don't, don't be ashamed that you're, you're hiring someone else because you don't have the skills or the expertise. If you have it, fine. But if you don't have it, or if you have it, but you're not good at it as well, bring someone else, learn, learn on the job, right? So that's one thing. The other thing, message I want to give is don't accept an assignment that you cannot do as a prudent auditor, prudent skill auditor, as, as it says. All right, in, in our uh, standards, IPPF standards, you know, don't take a job that you're not qualified for, all right? And, uh, and uh, if you do, hire someone to help you, get someone, get some assessment. As a matter of fact, chief auditor should not, that's another thing, another message for chief auditors, uh, with all the respect of force, uh, you know the skills, you know the qualifications of your team. Do not assign, give your team assignments that you know that they're not going to perform as expected. All right? And then, unless you're trying to, 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 to make them fail and you take this against them, which I, I assume that's not the case. So Chief Audit Executive, please make sure that your teams are trained, training, 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 keep training your teams, you know, even on things that whatever is needed and necessary for your industry, okay? You work in a, in a construction, train them on constructions, on how it works, how this, how the qualitative, uh, mathematical, uh, whatever, it, how, do, how they calculate this and how they do this. So even when, when they outsource part of it, all right, they can supervise it. They can understand when they have an engineer in the team, they understand what the engineer is saying. So training, tra 
training, training. Please don't give them assignment. You know their qualifications. Increase their qualifications and skill, but at the same time, do not give assignments to team members who don't have the skills needed for the assignment. Also, you as an auditor, do not be fair with your team and your chief. Tell the chief. Unfortunately, some chiefs take it as your you're, you're being an obstacle, you know, you're, you're saying no and this and that. So, so again, supervision is not like that. Supervision is understanding, discussion, accepting, mentoring, coaching. And because we have some managers, they can managers only based on technical skills. We're having these problems, but, uh, but uh, soft skills are very important in, in our business uh, in order to succeed as a team, not as an individual. Yes, absolutely. Amen. <laughs> yes. Training is not a cost. It's an investment. Absolutely. And if you don't know how to do it, get someone else who knows how to do it. And maybe you can you know, learn from that person and you can love, just love what you said, Hossam. And it kind of reminds me, I interviewed not too long ago, uh, Tom McLeod, he was the former yeah. chief audit executive of Rio Tinto. And he had the exact same message of don't go to an assignment where you're not going to be knowing what to do. Just try to get someone who's specialized if it's something that's really, uh, you know, a specialty. Mm -hmm. So yeah. excellent message, Hossam. Last question here for you. Uh, you, you know, you did, you, you did have an extensive career, many places. You, you know, you kind of like did the Tom Brady re retirement. You, you retired, but then you came back. And uh, can you kind of talk to us about your experience of uh, you worked for a firm for a while uh, after retiring and you're like, I'm done with this. I'm going to do my own thing. So kind of, you know, relates to the topic of not settling too. So, you know, throughout your career, that's exemplify uh, in your career, just not settling. So can you talk to us about that experience too? Absolutely. Absolutely. I only retired on paper. Uh, I think uh, everyone in my family, everyone uh, sees me. Um, uh, yeah, and my colleagues, my former colleagues, my friends. Uh, where, 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 when they call me, they say, well, are you at the beach? Where, which beach? Where, what are you doing? I say, <laughs> it's not me. It's not me. So as you mentioned, uh, John, when I, uh, when I retired formally on paper, I joined one of the uh, big six and I worked with them. I loved working for them. And with them, they give me everything <clears throat> to help me to work with them and to grow the business and so on. And I enjoyed knowing about how these firms operate and work and this and this and that, right? Um, because I was preparing myself to go into the uh, consulting uh, field, training and consulting. So. When I joined the firm, uh, that helped me a lot also to, to help the idea in my mind mature of 
what is it that I want to do, where I want to go, how the size that I want to be at, which size I can compete with big, but maybe I can go to uh, small to medium with the quality of the big, you know, and, uh, and so on. Um, so, uh, uh, again, after working for, for a long time, having a long career with big organizations and so on and so forth, I think I reached the point that I want to be my own supervisor. I want to be my own boss for a change in my life before, yeah. before life ends for me. I want to be my own boss. I don't want to, I, I, I want to avoid, where are you? What are you doing? Uh, what happened to this uh, proposal? What happened to that thing? <laughs> so I decided to split and, uh, and have my own uh, management consulting uh, firm and, uh, and training, uh, also do training. But training is not the major, uh, it's not a, the, com the company is not a training company. It's a consulting company and we provide that training either in affiliation with big organizations like the ACFE, uh, do quality assurance reviews with the IIA and this and that. Associated with either chapters and, and, and IIA chapters or this or that, we don't run uh, training courses just for the money or for whatever. The idea is to give back to the society, is to give back to the community. So we're not uh, financially uh, motivated. Getting money is good. But it's not the main, um, it's not our main target. It's to, uh, it's to add value, to help, to, we do a lot of, we do, a, especially me, I do a lot of things without money, but it, we, we, and trainings, conferences. Today, somebody was calling me for training and so on. I said, listen, I'm, I'm really busy, but I can help you to find good people. So in the late, 2017, August 2017, started the uh, uh, management consulting, um, and uh, and we do audit, governance, uh, outsource investigations, outsource audit, fraud awareness policies, and so on. Management consulting in the area that we used to call in the United Nations oversight. So, uh, obviously, what we do, I I just copied what we used to do uh, in the oversight department in the United Nations and, and, and offer it uh, in a management consulting. And uh, obviously with a little bit more, but so we cover uh, governance, risk controls, audit, uh, um, fraud prevention and deterrence and, uh, and um, all of that in all the ways that you can think of, including the training part of it. So, uh, Never, never settled yet. Uh, let me know if I, uh, if, if I'm missing something that could make me settle. <laughs> what I'm looking at is that, uh, again, small, a small company with the quality of the big companies. 
and and that's what makes a difference. So also my advice to auditors, investigators, risk management officers, control officers, governance officers, compliance officers. The message I want to give to everyone, do not for, wait for the job to come to you. What I have learned at my stage, at my age, and I still learn from my younger children, from uh, colleagues that come to training, uh, social media was new for me. Uh, starting a business was new for me. Consulting was new for me. Everything. I used to be an employee all my career. So I had a job. I go to, to work at eight o'clock, leave at four or five or eight or whatever, but it's a job. I know I have a salary at the end of the day uh, and so on. What makes me comfortable now that you know, maybe because I have a pension and so on, so I'm not concerned so much about money and, and so on. But what I'm, I want, the message I want to give to everyone, having a job with a company in an office with a, with a salary coming to you every month, there is a life out there. There is much better opportunities out there. And now, after the pandemic, I have learned a lot during 2020. I have switched a lot of my business into virtual. You and I wouldn't have been talking today if we, if we, if we did. The world, digitalization has accelerated dramatically since then. And it's going to be there all the time from now on. A lot of companies having people to work remotely, all right? Uh, but say so you stay home, it's a project based and so on. So going to an office working, there's a lot of opportunities you can do. If you don't have a job, it's not at the, the end of the world. Start your own, think of something, think of what's good in you that you can use to help other and gain something from. And actually you'll find out that this is the best ever thing happened to you that you don't have a job and you don't have someone to tell you, where are you? What did you do? You know? So opportunities are there for young people. Opportunities are there. Use, learn, use the time. If you, if you have free time, use it to learn something. Yeah. Okay. Um, don't wait for somebody to come and give you, uh, uh, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it when somebody calls me and say, I want you to help me to get a good job. <laughs> I ask, what is the definition of a good job to you? Is it mm. money? Is it the organization? Is it the office? Is it uh, traveling? Is it what? Mm -hmm. That's one side. Two, how can I convince this good job organization that you're good too, and you can perform that. What do you have? All right. People just graduated says, I want a good job. Hello. Hello. My first job was $90 a month. All right. But I learned, I took it, I learned, all right. Until uh, I built the skill. I don't want to say I, 
all right? Build the skills. Mm -hmm. And when you build skills, good jobs will come to you automatically. You don't have to look for them. They will yeah. come to you. They will yeah. find you. Yeah, huh? absolutely. I agree. You, you create, right? You don't, you, you know, the, the dream job, there's, it's not necessarily something that already exists. It's something that maybe you need to create yourself. Okay. So really appreciate your time on the podcast with Sam. For those who want to connect with you and learn more about your services and what you provide to the internal audit profession and investigations and consulting and uh, governance, what is the best way for them to contact you? Well, I'm... Uh... I'm your nightmare on on LinkedIn. I'm always there posting something. So you can you can you can you can the best the best the best way to find me is LinkedIn. Link with me. Uh, ask me a question. Uh, I don't charge anything. Um, <laughs> I can share my email uh, address uh, with you. It's hljaffe at gmail dot com and. Uh, and uh, I'm happy to help in any way or uh, uh, if you're studying CIA or uh, CFE, I'm happy to mentor. I'm happy to give you guidance. I have happy to advise to hopefully help you to, to, to end the journey successfully. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much Hassan, for your time. Thanks, John. And this is this has been very interesting and exciting, and it's amazing. And I'm happy that you and I agreed to do it. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I enjoy having you on the podcast. <laughs>